and you're listening to Oblivion. It is October 23rd, 2023. I guess it's the second week of what we can now call the Gaza Genocide. Well on its way. Gaza side. <laughs> the Gaza side, yeah. Oh, well, that's a good one, Dave. G-A-Z-A-C-I-D-E. C-I-D, okay. <laughs> Copyright. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah, I was thinking up some, some uh, fun terms like genocide, Biden, um, uh, you know, mocking terms. Um, but, yeah, it's, um, it fits the definition of genocide that was uh, first um, uh, came into the modern uh, international legal framework after the Nuremberg trials, where uh, the you know the uh, crimes against humanity idea was kind of uh, uh, um, defined, and you know so the what's going on right now is is uh, straight up uh, because it's not. Genocide doesn't have to be total, right? It, it says in the definition it's uh, in total or in part, you know. So uh, <laughs> when you make it um, impossible for people to live and you're uh, bombing them um, and forcing half of the uh, territory to evacuate and then you uh, just bombing everything, uh, yeah, it's this is full-on genocide going on uh, in our times. Uh, oddly enough, we were, uh, it, w- it wasn't my prescience, prescience but um, uh, I remember in one of our previous uh, podcasts, uh, I had heard, uh, you know, a, f- a fairly credible person, uh, I think it was a Palestinian uh, academic person, and and really knew what Israel was all about and their political uh, uh the people in power there, and it's for many generations, they've just been uh, uh, basically hardcore fascist, uh, Jewish supremacist, um, uh, just incredible, you know, hardcore right wing. And so he he even mentioned that, you know, that the genocide is part of their plan, and I think this is going to happen. And sure enough, it has. <laughs> it's ongoing, and, you know... Uh, it, there's no sign it's going to be stopped, and it's definitely, I don't see much sign from, from our side, uh, at least in the political sphere. Um, what are you seeing, David? Well, I'm, I'm seeing the same uh, escalation that you're seeing. <laughs> yeah. Belligerence, more mongering, and also just total lack of imagination. Like, there's no... Man both in terms of there's no sense of flexibility or options about where we're going to go from here, nor is there any perception of the world, right? Like there's no like, look at the world. It's just, you do these things, you achieve a certain status, you win a certain position, and then you do the things that the person that you've become is is supposed to do and that's it so there's no sense of we really don't want to have a war that is already just com- a complete bloodbath and and total brutality and then on top of that we don't want to have what is looking like escalation with Iran, Hezbollah getting involved. Um, I I believe I've read that um, Israel uh, has attacked Syria. And then there's uh, the tensions mounting with uh, North Korea with uh, America joining South Korea and Japan in uh, air exercises, which I think was the first time they had ever done that, those three Mm. uh, militaries. And I mean, 
we're always moving forward in time. And this is what's happening right now. And this is how uh, world wars and um, catastrophes for all of humanity. And you'll notice I didn't even mention uh, Ukraine. Right. Think about right, that. Yeah. I was, when That's you, how crazy <laughs> things have gotten in the right. last few weeks is what had been totally dominating the news for a year and a half has been eclipsed. Yeah, but but interestingly, you know, Biden comes up with this huge number of aid and 60 billion of it was for Ukraine and only like 10 billion was for <laughs> Israel. But it's just like, okay, another 60 there. I don't know. <laughs> right, yeah. Speaking of that, I mean, this the latest example of this uh, sickening Joe foreign policy, Biden, the, the way American presidents operate is they come up with one excuse after another to cut funding uh, for uh, domestic programs. And most recently, I'm thinking of the the programs that expired that kept four million children out of poverty and kept many more millions of Americans of all ages out of poverty. And of course that was just allowed to expire. Uh, just like I read last night that there was a program set up in 2018 to really start to try to help people. Can you believe this? Help people with uh, drug problems. And uh, what? Five years I thought later, you were supposed to punish them. I can't remember what it was called, and this is just an aside, but uh, the uh, that program expired, and it wasn't renewed. And since then, the, the drug problem has been worse than it's ever been uh, in many ways because of fentanyl, but also the pandemic exacerbated problems with mental health, and it also uh, led to isolation uh, for people. And so the conversion solved that. You already had a bad drug problem, opiate problem. Pandemic happens, uh, exacerbates mental health. People are isolated. And then fentanyl comes in, deadly, cheap, easy to transport. But, of course, the big thing, of course, is this complete Joe Biden um, punishment-obsessed approach to drugs, the war on drugs. That's what's led us to this place, stigmatizing people who do drugs, vilifying people who have uh, a drug addiction, and weaponizing it, right, to encourage violence, uh, increase the presence and the force of the police, keep the jails full. I don't know if we talked about the super jails that they're building in Alabama and in a couple of other parts of the uh, country. I have no doubt that we'll start to see these uh, everywhere. And this is being modeled off of the super prisons that they're building in Honduras, right, uh, to deal with all of these gangs. Super the, prison. The gang problem uh, is because of the war on drugs that, this is what empowers um, the cartels and what has made the cartel so uh, lucrative financially. And so their presence, the cartel's presence in these countries, uh, Honduras and I believe Guatemala in particular, is where a number of these migrants are coming from. They're coming through Mexico. They're not all. Mexican. And of course, you do have, um, I think maybe it's the Sinaloa cartel in, in uh, Mexico that has become very powerful. And so that, I mean, these gangs have not always been there. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Why does is Honduras, this one part of the world, has this always been a violent place with all of these uh, gangs? Of course not. It's another place in the world where, like in most places, people are poor. But again, the pandemic was a catalyst for these uh, problems with drug addiction in America. And then 
the uh, rise and the uh, increasing em empowerment and uh, and violence of these uh, gangs. That's what's led to the building of the super prisons. And then, of course, Americans look at that, especially the South. They look at that. I'm sure we're going to have one of these in, in Texas. If Texas isn't already one of the other places they're building them, and they're going to they're going to bring them here. Um, but uh, the cutting of of uh, funding, the neglect of the American people, uh, and again, I have to bring up the pandemic when the American population suffered the equivalent of the deaths of World War II, Vietnam, uh, Persian Gulf, Afghanistan, and Iraq domestically, because even though it wasn't a foreign army, right, they weren't Muslims, it was a virus, right, and since the virus wasn't a Muslim, you know, that's really where Fauci and all those people went wrong. If they had just like gotten on board with the conspiratorial mindset of the of the times, could have just said the coronavirus is a Muslim, and suddenly everybody would have started to wear masks and get vaccinated and isolate, right? Because they would have wanted to have fought it. But Americans never really would look at the virus as an enemy because it wasn't connected to the drama that feeds their uh, anger against all of the rest of the, the world, basically. Anybody that doesn't look like we are, and even other Americans, if you don't believe the way they do and live the way they do, uh, these Americans basically just hate everybody else. Uh, but yeah, escalation, the, and the you mentioned the money going to Ukraine, and now we have the money and the aid that's going to uh, Israel, not to mention that we are starting to uh, break out some of our own hardware. I think yeah. sending a couple. Well, of let, like let's go back on what's happened this. Right, let's go back and and look at what's happened this week. I mean, it's been like sure. there was it started the 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 most horrifying thing. Right, was the the hospital bombing. Right, um, where it's right. <laughs> a, it's a hospital. B, you know, uh, they they get bombed. Immediately, the the propaganda from Israel is like they bombed themselves. <laughs> Why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? Yeah, I'm glad <laughs> you mentioned that. Yeah, so like the most uh, ridiculous thing, which it's just not even possible, right? That that happened. And anyway, they warned the hospital that they would were going to be bombed beforehand. As they they do, you know they they're so humanitarian. They give you like thirty minutes to uh, to leave. All right, <laughs> yeah, all right, yeah. That's that's great. Before they totally level your home or your uh, business or your building that you are in or your hospital or your minutes, hospital God. hospital. Yeah, yeah. That's usually what it was. But I think it was just a general thing. We're going to bomb your hospital. They said kind of a, a couple days earlier when they did a little bit. You know they. They bombed the same hospital uh, like a couple of days before, and uh, but I, I think a lot of the people that died were in the parking lot. They, so there was this warning, and they all went outside and they bombed the people in the parking lot. Um, so I mean, you know, this is just how it's going down, right? I mean, this is just slaughter straight up, and uh, and yet then we have Joe Biden uh, who had had already planned on going. Uh, to Israel, but then this happens, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm still going." And of course, when he gets there, it's just you couldn't get any more like uh, total support. You know, you know, he's like, "I heard it was the other side, right?" <laughs> it's like uh, I I saw it chopped off babies, chopped off you know baby heads <laughs> on a kebab, uh, kebab well, bobs. Originally going to go to Jordan, uh huh, and, and right. visit with. The, the king uh, in, in Jordan, oh, and then oh, after yeah. the hospital bombing, they were like, no. So he only went to to, to Israel. Oh, God. And, yeah, with the hospital uh, bombing, what I read was that there was evidence that showed that it couldn't have been an aerial um, bomb, that it would have been that would have it would have come from something launched from the ground because 
there wasn't a crater in in the building which you would have seen if it had come from uh, the missile had come from the uh, air right and then instead of what you saw was lower parts of it had been blown out and uh, destroyed and there was a fire in there and and that's consistent something being launched from the ground and so israel is saying that means that that's evidence that it was uh, a misfire by uh hamas so here's the way that i look at it it's just so incredibly difficult to believe really really hard to believe that a hospital of all places gets hit and oopsie <laughs> it's yeah a, a hamas misfire right i can't say for certain <laughs> yeah that that isn't what happened because yeah. i am not an expert at analyzing these kinds of things right but, he- but hearing but hearing from the experts it's um well, it doesn't take much, too much expertise. All you have to know is what kind of weapons has Hamas had. And these rockets, although they've gotten a, quite a bit bigger and better, they're still, like, not very big. It's like they put, like, a large grenade or, say, um, artillery thing on the end of it, you know. So it's like, I don't know. Somewhat if you, primitive. Yeah, I don't know if you saw the drone. There was, like, a drone the, when they first did the Hamas attack. Uh, right. Well, they, Hamas they, attack itself was was using pretty like basic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, yeah. 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 It was like they had a drone, a big drone that had like it looked like a, um, I guess a, a mortar shell basically, and it just like released it on top of this uh, um, uh, tank, you know, and looked like it disabled it. Uh, but uh, still, you know, this this is the kind of thing we're talking about—a cobbled together thing. Which is just, it cannot possibly destroy a building. Whereas when you see uh, something that destroys a building, and there's plenty of evidence from the past times that they've uh, done partial genocides of mowing the lawn, as they used to call it. Uh, you know, there's this big-ass fucking missile guided b- uh, bomb that comes in and it levels the whole goddamn apartment block just from one bomb. Right. So, I mean, this is a very large thing that requires a a serious, you know, on the bottom of an F-16 or whatever. And it flies down kind of and and destroys the whole building. That's the, you know, Israel is the one that has that shit. It's our, you know, our shit. You know, Uh, Hamas didn't have any of that shit. You know, Uh, um, nothing bigger than a bazooka uh, did the Hamas people. So what you're saying is is that Hamas doesn't have weapons yeah, that are... they can do that. Can do what happened to the enough. hospital. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, it, they may be so big enough to blow up a house. Damage, not not the, the entry, the, uh-huh. the apparent entry of the weapon right. into the destroyed building that matters, yeah. but the overall level of damage. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the... Um, yeah, so that that's our weapons, and um, yeah, it's just... Well, I mean, and you could also, they've bombed every other hospital up there. I mean, that was the worst case, but they've bombed every one of them. Uh, right, they've but, I mean, just destroyed the, the third the third oldest church in the world <laughs> with 400 this people is, in it. Yeah. I mean, this it just goes on and on. And this is going every day, you know, every day 100 plus children are killed. It's up to like almost 2,000 children killed, uh, thousands more other people um the, the according to the uh Hamas sources uh, uh, it's, at this point it's 4800 people in in Gaza right have been uh killed yeah so I mean, there, so that's so like since, four times the right. number that were killed so if yeah. if they're doing their usual ratio which i think is 100 to 1 uh what are they're they going to have gonna to kill have like 100,000 100,000 people so i mean hey uh, gotta do what you gotta do, you know? right? And it's like this idea of like we're on purpose going to try to kill you versus this is a war being fought between these two armies, and 
I mean, there will be, because it's the same world that everybody else lives in, some of these other people are going to get killed. So, I mean, it's yeah. accidental in the sense that the goal isn't to actually kill them, but they're in the way. Yeah, and, and just to show you the extremeness of, of Israel, it's like there is no thought of the hostages, right? They're just like bombing, you know, they don't give a shit. They're going to kill these hostages. They, I, don't they care. know where the hostages are, right? What if those hostages were being held in the hospital? <laughs> right. But even before, I mean, that's, I'm glad that you, you made that, that point. Again, that's an important distinction to make between uh, what Israel is claiming is the apparent uh, entry of the weapon into the destroyed building versus the overall level of destruction. And what you're saying is that you've got to look at the overall level of destruction first and ask yeah. yourself and you can also what kind can't, of weapon could do that yeah. and, and which side yeah. had that weapon. And and, and, and and also, anything Israel says, you cannot believe a word of it until you have proof otherwise. You can assume it is false, you know. <laughs> right. right, I mean, and, uh, trust but, but verify, but once yeah. there's been a lot of Don't lies, trust until verified. Do, uh, uh, don't trust and, and in, until if, verified. <laughs> if if their if their side can be verified by the people who want to defend them. So speaking of, even yeah even before you would get to those good points that that you you made, I just have to reemphasize upon first reading it. My first initial reaction is just to think, no way, right? Right. Like, yeah. Of all the, of course not. This rocket misfired. And of all the places that it could have gone, right? I mean, this is well. If I'm not mistaken, they, and if anybody had been paying attention, if anybody had been paying the attention, there had already been ten medical facilities that had been bombed to a certain degree already. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, but, but they've this, been doing this, this highly densely populated place, right? Like Gaza is one of the most populated places in the world, right? The world's it, it largest concentration. The world history's way. world history's largest concentration camps. Yeah, but the this misfired rocket, nothing happens to get in its way, like not a feed store or the side of a mountain or a parking lot. I mean, it could have been a restaurant. It could have been. Um, any number of other things. It just happened to be a hospital. That's where this misfired rocket went. And, and you, there should be something in you that right away makes you go, man, I don't know. I mean, to the extent that I am not omniscient and I cannot absolutely say for certain, right? Because I was there, like I was, I was hovering in the air like a drone over Gaza when this happened and I actually saw it. I mean, beyond that... Well, I mean, it's an ongoing genocide. That's what's... Like yeah. you said, like, what is, what is your source? It's Israel. So Israel's going to say, we didn't do this. Like, what would you expect them to say? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and speaking of bullshit, I, I wasn't able to read it because of some ad blocker thing, but you sent me, a, you sent me this uh, article that says... <laughs> Hamas militants ate families' lunch as they tortured and mutilated parents and two young children, says an Israeli emergency responder. <laughs> now, I mean, okay. Sounds so, like yeah. It, sounds made right up, doesn't it? Movie, sounds right? like just a bad, a bad like, horror movie. Uh, <laughs> right, or something a right. James Bond villain would do, right? Or yeah. that James Bond himself would do, like he would yeah. you know, kill somebody. Oh, I know where they, they get this from. Uh, the French Connection. The, <laughs> <laughs> Very beginning of the French connection. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a there's a narcotics agent who's kind of spying on the the heroin um, dealers who work in the in the shipyard, and so the guy uh, the 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 undercover narc gets a baguette, and he's just walking around through through Marseille uh, back to his um, uh, back to his. <laughs> Uh, apartment, and then the assassin, the hitman, shows up and uh, shoots him and kills him. And then uh, before he leaves, he uh, picks up the baguette and tears off the end of it and eats it <laughs> and walks away. <laughs> so that's yeah. 
There you was, go. That was the inspiration for the story about <laughs> Hamas. But this whole reporting about Hamas and how horrible it is. The there were they released some of the pictures of of the October seventh invasion, like a bloody handprint on a, on a wall. This is all about dehumanizing Hamas as a way to de- to dehumanize the Palestinians, right? Exactly. So that when you kill them, and this is entirely consistent with a serial killer, right? That the right. serial killer has to see the victim as not a human, right? Otherwise, they couldn't do, they couldn't feel this uh, sick and dark need, right? And so... Uh, that is, that is a strategy that's been used, say, in a like a, a hostage situation, for example, to talk the person down is um, right to make them understand or to see the person they're holding hostage like as a human being. And that will calm them and start to allow emotions besides just this hate that you can only really have when you dehumanize. Your, your victim. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, total, total genocide mindset. And, uh, and it looks like our political class is completely behind it and is unwilling to look at it as the, as the genocide it obviously is uh, right in front of everybody's eyes. I mean, the public is, uh, it's, it's rather heartening that there's throughout the uh, U.S. and the world, um, there's been huge marches, you know. Uh, most of the capitals of the world have had uh, very large marches and um, for pro-Palestinian, I might add, um, and uh, or, well, or pro-ending is, uh, the genocide, whatever, however you want to frame it. Ceasefire is what the, um, is what we should all be about. I mean, you don't have to take a side. In fact, I think it's the taking of sides that really is the the origin of the problem i mean the problem is violence well when i think i think it's more uh, i misspoke i mean that pro-palestine in my sense is like pro-human you know like pro- anti-war uh, you know sure. uh, preserve okay, right. the, you know it's uh um so uh, you know it's not really a side and that you know i it's the side of a war here i mean it's not even a war, right? I mean, where's the fighting? It's just a slaughter. It's just a slaughter, one-sided, 100%. There's no war here. Um, you know, it is a genocide ongoing. So, and that's what's outraging people. People can see what's going on, no matter what amount of propaganda they're getting law, from Israel law, and the I mean, mass media. People, people can see what's going on. Right? Why? These people in Gaza are defenseless. Yeah, totally defenseless. Uh, you know. Speaking of the, the protests, I mean, to, to give uh, the Jewish people credit, uh, I have seen a lot of Jewish people uh, calling for a right. ceasefire yeah. and for de-escalation, saying that they are against the war. In mm-hmm. fact, a number of uh, Jewish people... What war are you, ta- what are you talking about, the, the war? What war? What war are you talking about? Well, the what we were just saying isn't a war. Yeah, the the, gen, the ongoing genocide. The, the, the genocide, right? Yeah, because I keep thinking you're talking about Ukraine when you say that. Uh, oh, but right. anyway, but the same thing is yeah. true. Uh, I mean, I don't think it is. Uh, I mean, this is a good distinction. I don't think it's 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 territorial in Ukraine. It's not genocidal, but it's still the problem is um, the problem is war. Yeah, and the, the and, it, the and it is, and enough. it's being mainly driven by the sort of extreme um, right wing elements, nationalist elements. Um, you know, but it's really the, the moderate quasi quasi Nazi Nazi um, elements or the, the spe- head of the spear. With them, right, like all the people in the media. I mean, except yeah. for some of the ones on Fox News, the people in the media don't strike me as. Well, but I, but I, but they sympathize with it. Right? Well, but war. I take I take a little exception to that day because I, I mean, basically the norm. What I think is a right wing extremist position is is the mainstream centrist <laughs> position well, in in you. in the halls of power. I don't I think that's necessary. Agree with you. In the halls of power, you know. So it's like, uh, um, yeah. So, um, 
being pedantic, but um, well, right. no, I don't think you are. I, I think it's it's, it's the, the the problem is people not making the points that you're making right now. That as a culture and a nation, there isn't any anti-war voice, right? And we've both experienced that on a personal and social level. I mean, the big reason that I've been just alienated from society really since college is that there just isn't any kind of um, anti-war, you know, pro-peace community or voice that exists in this culture. There really isn't. I mean, there is not. There's no counterculture, like, I can be this and be a part of this. You just don't say these things. Um, I, I mean, I know that there have been the, the marches and the, the anti-genocide protests in these world capitals. And there were the, the Jewish people occupying the, the capital. But I'm talking about, like, if you were just to be walking around where you live or where I live or in just your random place in the United States, you're not going to hear people uh, talking and verbalizing anti-war sentiments, right? They're, they, you just don't say it. And, and this is what happens when, say, 20 years ago, remember the yellow ribbons and just the flags everywhere and this over-the-top, like, people were really into it, right? And that's where you can see the adherence of minds at work that that was there all along. It was brimming right under the surface. And when September 11 happened, boom, everything just clicked in, right? Everybody was like, yes, I, I want this. I believe in this. I believe in our military. I believe in war. This is exciting. It's invigorating the nation. It's bringing us together. It gives us a focus. And that just shows you what a bunch of right-wing extremists Basically, all Americans are, not just the media, right, but the people, that they are titillated and motivated by this. Like, what's the one thing historically that brings Americans together, that they celebrate and that they take seriously? War. What else is it? Hey, it's good, man. War is good. Yeah, what is it? There uh... was about... Or is peace. 10 to 15, right, Orwell. There was about 15%, say, of the population. I'm, I'm thinking about 300,000 people go to Woodstock. And so there's a, probably a million or, you know, 2 million nationwide uh, hippies, right? And And that might have either continued to grow in number or at least it would have stayed there if that voice and that viewpoint had been embraced and it had been integrated into the culture as the way of the culture moving forward through time which is what we do as human beings all humans all cultures as a one whole human race, we move forward through time. This is the truth that is what the human being is and the human experience is. And so we have to um, we have to add new to the old as we move through time because that's what our experience is. Right. It is not the repetition of what happened before. It is added new things. Right. A new day to all the days that have come before. And so we have to embrace the new day and to go where it takes us if we want to keep going. If we don't, it becomes a dark age and a dark age is a culture's dead end. And I maintain that that really is the modern history of the United States, that it culminated in the counterculture of the late 60s, and then that was wholesale rejected. 
right? That was that was the culmination of the from the birth of the nation up until say 1969, and then both the government and the other institutions and the majority of the people said, no way, we're putting the brakes on. We don't want to go here. Anything is better than peace and love. Holding hands and dancing in circles in the park and smoking pot and tripping acid and women being promiscuous, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, right? That is what really offends most people. That's what most people think is awful and horrible, not genocide. Genocide. Not Gaza side. Gaza side. But but think about that. I mean, I I believe that what I'm saying uh, bolsters the uh, the points that that you were making. Right, that it is a bunch of right wing extremists, but it's the people too. Right, like what really pisses you off and and you find unacceptable and and upsetting. Drag shows. <laughs> <laughs> drag queens reading to children <laughs> trans trans children uh <laughs> right uh yeah. you know a, a trans teenager yeah that has to go to the bathroom <laughs> yeah. so now we're really getting into some <laughs> hardcore pervert stuff um, you're gonna traumatize my little jimmy and or right. jane but that, but that is i mean how the, how these people are like this just upsets them so much right i mean that that's just how nuts that they are and how distorted and uh, there's just this um there's this darkness within them that they are totally out of touch with on purpose and determined never to deal with right to delve into it to let it out of them to um, like really to become a human being. Right. And not just this uh, creep and the, th this monster. And it doesn't bother people when they think about human beings killing other human beings on purpose out in the open, like where the whole goal is to kill them. <laughs> right. And, in as many numbers as you can and in greater numbers than your own people getting killed. To go back to the uh, war in Ukraine, there was one of these um, bragging stories about how many Russians had been killed, right? And at this point, it's up to like nearly half a million, according to well, some. Well, uh, you mean casualties, right? I don't think it's uh, uh, killed. Um, I'm pretty sure, but anyway. You mean that's the number of combined uh, injured and killed? Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I'm right. pretty sure. I, I I haven't seen numbers so of the number dead is, that high, but is is, uh, is 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 pretty big. But then they, of course, they talk about the number on the Ukrainian side, which is also really, really big. <laughs> Right, it's it's not as big, but it's I think over two hundred thousand, and nowhere. I mean, in this age of the internet, where you've got all this information, all these sources, nowhere is there a voice that says, "This, look at this, like this is what is so bad and awful." Right, this is exactly what you don't want: is to have all these people killing each other. This is this is what the problem is. This is bad. You you don't hear that. You just hear the vilification, right? You you vilify uh, Putin um, if you're like we are, and you say there should be a ceasefire. That means that you support Putin. That's what liberals will say. Um, oh, the connection okay. between uh, Ukraine. Hold, hold it, Dave. Before yeah. um, give some statistics. Um, yeah, I'm surprised by the numbers. Uh, uh, they were pretty high. Um, ten, uh, they got 10,000 uh, 
uh, almost 11,000 uh, civilians killed uh, with 20,000 wounded, uh, 70,000 Ukrainian forces killed, uh, 100,000 to 120,000 wounded, Russian forces 120,000 killed, and 170 to 180,000 wounded. But man, that's a lot of fucking people, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. So on the on the Russian side, how many killed? Uh, it, it looks like a hundred thousand. Uh, yeah. So uh, hundred right, and months hundred thousand we kills. That's a lot. That, like about two hundred thousand <laughs> has been killed. So yeah. I mean, the first casualty in war is troops. Right. Yeah. But uh, it's safe to say a hell of a lot of people will die. Then it's just a total travesty. How many Ukrainians? A total travesty. And are we just going to go on like this is World War One and have them duke it it's out? Been compared on... to that, I'm, that's amazing that you bring that up. The uh, the article I was reading last night about the war in Ukraine uh, brought up World War One, and that that that's like the level of carnage. Mm. In a lot of ways. It's the way that's being fought and yeah and like this line that doesn't hardly moves right so there's this like (laughs) you know everybody's dug in yeah yeah it it is surprising how little it did move now there was supposedly yeah so it's pretty clear that this counteroffensive failed um uh so what uh you've killed a bunch of people you killed a lot of people and destroyed a lot of civilian infrastructure and stuff in the meantime. So it's like, but uh, you just don't hear the voices saying this should all stop. You don't hear the voices saying, look at what you're doing and you don't have to do this. Just stop doing this. Yeah. Well, I mean, look what happened. You have to do this. Yeah. Look what happened. Blank look in people's eyes. Like they're just, they accept it. They don't care. It's just like, this is how it is. Well, on the political level, uh, the people actually in power that uh, make these decisions, um, you know, they, <clears throat> I mean, it's clear that there, you know, there was a little bit of dissension there with the progressives, uh, Democrats, and they were going to give this letter, uh, you know, to Biden or whoever it was or open letter just to, uh, suggesting that maybe there should be a ceasefire, you know? And that was like, just like the administration and political class just fucking went nuts, you know, with that just mild suggestion of a ceasefire and maybe this should be considered. Oh no, you know? we're going to do it World War One style and just be in the trenches for five years here. And, uh, uh, eventually we'll be all the way to, I don't know what's the goal here. We're going to get to Moscow someday. Uh, you know, what are they, what do they want here? Right? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, well, well, supposedly this is all, uh, reliving, uh, the glory days of world war two. Yeah. I guess, so I guess, guess for Joe uh, Biden, we'll that's march a, into Moscow and yeah. surround the Kremlin. The old cold, get, uh, the cold war liberal himself. Biden, cold war liberal. Uh, and we'll have to, I guess we'll have can't to help drop himself. a, bomb atomic bomb somewhere that's what we had to do to win world war ii yeah so yeah it's it's the whole um yeah this perpetual war thing that's just uh, it's really gotten um you know objectively has not reduced over the years right especially since 9-11 uh you know there was the uh hardcore post 9-11 years with Afghanistan and Iraq, right? And and then we had kind of the lower level, but still horrendous uh, Libya and Syria um, things that are still ongoing. Uh, millions of people have been killed in, in that period. But I think we're in another one where they expect us to have millions more ground down in uh, Ukraine um, and the Middle East, uh, you know, if this expands... Uh, you know, speaking of of nukes, I mean, if if it, you know, theoretically, if uh, uh, Israel was like invaded successfully somehow, I don't know who would do that. But uh, let's say if they were and they felt uh, threatened or whatever, you know, uh, it's a it's a pretty crazy political um, establishment there, uh, pretty neo Nazi, I would say, uh, 
uh, not ironically, um, uh, you know, th they would nuke, you know, uh, the the secret nukes that supposedly, you know, that's never spoken of officially, uh, but uh, Israel has nukes, and uh, if there's anybody that would use a nuke, it would be Israel, you know, with, um, uh, well, the U.S. in the close second. Uh, but, um, yeah, just as an offensive weapon or whatever, um, first strike, as they say. And, you know, if that happens, then... Uh, it's likely to escalate, and so World so the, the War Americans Three is a... have their D Day and invade <laughs> Russia while Israel drops an atomic bomb on yeah. on Gaza. Yeah, atomic bomb on Gaza. Yeah, I don't know why where they would. Well, they would they would send it somewhere else because they have U.S. missiles of all kinds. They could send it anywhere in the world, right? Um, but uh, anyway. They could send it right right here to Kentucky, you know. But um, yeah, it, it's a totally grim situation, and that and you know it's it's um, it's just going to keep going on and on. I don't see any halt uh, to the Gaza genocide. Um, you know they've uh, they've got oh, 40, 40 um, uh, uh, trucks have been led in through Egypt, so I guess it'll be all right now. Um, wow! For yeah, two, I mean, two million people, but uh, you know, whatever. Uh, just, just like seeing all the delivery trucks uh, pull into the fast food and convenience <laughs> store parking lots, and we'll just unload a few things, and we're good to go. Yeah, man. Have a nice day. Come back and see us. Uh, yeah. Better look next time on your house getting bombed. Uh. You'll just have so, to live. Uh, you'll have to live in this tent in Egypt. You know that's one of the big um, things they want to do is push, push a bunch of refugees into Egypt and put up uh, tent places in there and take over all the north of Gaza. This is the first step of the genocide, and you know, I just push them to, out through the south and take over yeah, the north yeah, part of Gaza. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, I think that's what's going to happen as a first. Way into, uh, into southern uh, Lebanon. Well, they've there've been uh, as they say clashes um, um, there on the border with Lebanon. Uh, you know, it's always pretty tense. Uh, you know, uh, Israel has invaded uh, southern Lebanon several times. Uh, the last time they did, they were uh, totally routed and humiliated. So they haven't done it since. Um, so, but anyway, that's firing up there. Um, there's been, um, you know, stuff moving, Syrian forces moving to the Gaza Strip. Um, oh, not Gaza, but the Golan Heights area. Um, you know, Israel's bombing Syria, bombing uh, there along the border of Lebanon. So, you know, it's heating up. And But, uh, you know, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, like I was saying, it's very it's very worrisome uh, because um, yeah, um, the chances of things going very wrong increase as this stuff uh, escalates. And sure, I mean the the longer it goes on, the and the, what's so right. uh, despairing the is that the, the you know genocide Biden oh genociden Biden that was my phrase there there you go copyright. Um, Genocide in Biden, uh, you know, it's just uh, obviously no, um, like you were saying, definitely in, that, in, the, in the halls of power, uh, there's no, like, uh, ceasefire. Genobide. <laughs> Genobide. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, it's just, I'm not seeing any, uh, uh, you know, we're supposed to be at war with everybody now. It's like you were saying, uh, Korea, Japan, and... We're, you know, doing the things for North Korea, and but that's really to like um, towards China. I think mostly is is to, uh, you know, show an alliance and flex our muscles and you know, beat our breast at China. Um, you know, so I guess it's just uh, we're supposed to be with war with the world at all times and keep them under. If we didn't do that, David, they would just uh, come and do another nine eleven on us. So, you know. Um, 
I love Big Brother. <laughs> well, to, uh, to tie a couple of uh, things together um, here, uh, the the uh, the vests, the the military vests, and the military attire is now something that has been adapted by first um, uh, Zelensky and and now uh, Netanyahu. Oh, really? He put on military stuff. So yeah, Netanyahu was wearing a military vest, like you know, bulletproof, and it has like grenades and other weapons and these pockets across the chest. When he was meeting with show, uh, soldiers as they're preparing for their uh, ground offensive, I'm telling them it's now or never. And um, yeah, I mean, it's really just so kind of grim and sad and, and sickening that humans still feel the need to do this. Um, and then Z Zelensky, since the beginning of you know, since Russia in, invaded in February of 22, uh, always wears military attire. I mean, even when Zelensky went to the White House, he was still in his fatigues, his greenish brown, you know, outfits. And this uh, collapse of the distinction between uh, statesman and military officer. Right is a further evidence of the right wing extremism that is basically just taken over the world. Right, that you're a president or that you're a general, there is no difference. And a democracy, or really any kind of sovereign, independent government, has to be independent of and in control of its military. Right. Otherwise, its military is going to uh, turn against it. I mean, the, the military will then run everything itself, right? It's not, it's not going to be there to defend the sovereign state, right? It will be the state, right? So you kind of go from police state to military state. And so I think that's... Um, the, the the vests being first mm -hmm. Zelensky the the military attire first Zelensky and now Netanyahu with the vest is uh, who's who's going to be next David do you think uh, think Biden's going to Top Gun Joe is going to oh yeah <laughs> except uh, Top yeah. Gun Joe is going to go shirtless <laughs> awesome uh, right uh, <laughs> for his re-election campaign Top Gun Joe is going to wear a green military grade Bulletproof vest with grenades and weapons across the chest. Kind of Rambo looking. Um, Top Gun, Tom Cruise, uh, sunglasses, and uh, no shirt on underneath. Yeah, Rambo. <laughs> Rambo, Rambo, Ram Biden. Rambo Joe. <laughs> Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> Rambo, Joe, and the Gaza side. <laughs> there we go, man. Yeah, that, that, that's that's a big hit. Let me see. Uh, <laughs> I think I've got time to make uh, one last uh, quick connection between uh, Chom Chomsky's thoughts on artificial intelligence and uh, and the, and the genocide. Do it. So uh, Chomsky says that the use of artificial intelligence to uh, basically copy uh, works by authors and then change them just enough to, to get around uh, copyright laws is the greatest theft in history since uh, the theft of the Native American land, right? Hmm. And what I was thinking is that it's already so sad that a human being would even want to do this, right? That instead of actually wanting to write a novel yourself and then get it published, now you're going to say, 
I, I can just use this artificial intelligence to do this for me, right? I can, I can steal someone else's novel and the computer will change it just enough that you can't pin it down legally. Like that's already just so pathetic. Like where is, how do you feel good about yourself? Like yeah. you've really accomplished yeah. something. <laughs> I'm a writer. <laughs> right. But even worse than this, is all of the other human beings out there that would eagerly buy such a book. Like people are looking forward to these books written by AI, mm-hmm. right? Because they're just going to think this is the new great thing to come around the corner, just like the, the internet, right? This is going to be better, right? The big, uh, big, uh, trigger word in advertising it's better right it's new it's better more 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 and and so who wants to read these books by written by human beings when i can read a book written by a computer like why would that be so great why would you want to read as a human being something written about human life but it's not written by a human. Like, it's a computer, right? It doesn't know what it's like to be human because it's not a human. And that shows you right there how much human beings themselves don't value human beings, right? That the the appeal of the computer is that the human kind of projects their own ego ideal onto the computer and says, I am better than everybody else. I am me. I am the one that's really super smart and knows what's going on, just like this computer. And if this computer can start writing novels, then I don't have to read the stuff that comes from these weirdo misfits, right, who have autism or they're psychotic or the other things. They're a drunk, the other vilifying dehumanizing things that you know writers are <laughs> known are, are for of being. <laughs> yeah yeah but what i say that you ought to be able to do is that this artificial intelligence is so smart is that you should be able to use artificial intelligence against itself right you should be able to use artificial intelligence to identify a book yeah that closely mimics a book written by a human being right but it's not it was written by a computer yeah yeah. And, it, and then here's the thing. If it can't do that, then that's the ultimate proof that human beings are smarter than artificial intelligence. Right, right. Yeah. Because we can recognize it right away. Like a writer, someone who actually writes and reads novels could discern and be like, you know, this is weird. Like, this doesn't sound right. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think that's definitely the case, um, and and will remain the case basically. I mean that uh, um, a- actually real writing can only occur through a human, and that uh, well, of course, these, these the facsimile writing, which is basically basically the so called AI technology they have now, is basically just drawing from all the previous written material, right, and kind of repackaging it. Um, it's not actually writing it itself, you know. So it's it's well, it, simulacrum it of it. Some sort of algorithm, like right? This right. Is yeah. How this is done? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it synthesizes uh, the previous writing and and uh, makes something new from it. But uh, yeah, it's it's never going to have the uh, uh, the human element. Uh, but it doesn't have it. imagination, right? right? It can't yeah. just come up with something on its own. Yeah, yeah. It exactly. doesn't have that need. It doesn't have that need. Like, but, you know, exists. I mean, maybe in some sense you could do that. For for instance, I mean, as far as, and, and it being an okay thing to make something novel writing-wise that is computer-generated. For example, the the AI um, image software they have have now is, is, is pretty impressive what it can do just from you typing in a prompt like you... You ask for, you know, you put in a bunch of words to describe an image, and these programs will make these just amazing images and give you, like, maybe multiple examples of it. 
and uh, of course, in that ca case, they're also uh, using previously scanned images and synthesizing them, and uh, and they do look pretty amazing. Now, I, I you know I think there always has to be an asterisk on those that it's it's not quite the same as you making a painting, right? <laughs> you know, it's uh, you're good at making a prompt uh, on a screen. Uh, it's it, it definitely makes something amazing uh, to to look at, uh, uh, but it's not quite the same uh, creative act uh, as, uh, behind it. But uh. so yeah, I think that humanity will prevail in the end, David, if we can just uh, make it through another day. If I can just make it through another day, if I can just hang out there, if I can just get out of my car before I fall asleep. Indeed. For my co-host and colleague, David Vernon Miller, this is Dr. David W. Overby, and you've been listening to The Oblivion Podcast.